I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It really is, is it good? Is it engaging? The easiest thing for someone to read is something that's entertaining. This is a bonus episode of the Arts Academy podcast. How to work on your spec script. A one-on-one session with Victor Bernardo and special guest Don Minus. This is the New York Alt Arts Academy one-on-one session. I am Dean Victor Varnado, and today's student is John Minus. John, so basically what we do here is you you can just ask me whatever questions you want, and then uh, for a half hour, I'll try to answer them as completely as I can. So what's your question? Yeah, well, I've been working on um, a pilot and trying to get it all together to get to present to people. Okay. Um, I had some people read it and give me a lot of feedback. Now, I think one of the questions I have is when you're writing something to get sold, I know like having it be something that is personal to you is important, but how much, how much of it should be your own specific style and how much should it be, you know, uh, kind of a professional, something they've seen before? Does that mean? Um, well, I mean, honestly, the real answer is, is it good? Mm-hmm. Because if it's good, it doesn't matter if it's something they've seen before. I mean, a lot of people break through with uh, a lot of people break through and their first thing is usually something that people haven't seen before. And that's why they break through is because it's something it feels like something new. Even though, obviously, you know, people say that, you know, there's only so many stories. But when something feels new, then that's what breaks through. So if you've got something that you're trying to write and you're like, should I stick to industry cliches or do something that's specifically mine? I would say do something that's uniquely you rather than stick to industry cliches. Okay. Without a doubt. Hmm? I said without a doubt. Okay. As if, because my writing style is very um, non, not non-traditional, but the structure is different. Like I kind of start with, I, you know, it's funny. Like I realized that I write a lot like J.J. Abrams. Okay. He is very, he is very successful, but he is always also very criticized. So, I'm just because he like when I think of his movies, it's always I get I um I remember images, I remember scenes. And he has some amazing scenes, but like as for a story, it's weaker that way. And I looked at mine, I was like, oh, that's kind of like him. <laughs> so I was so I was wondering. So that's why I asked, you know, is it good to have your own style, which is kind of like, I mean, I know it's I'm comparing it to somebody else, but um. It's not like a traditional Hollywood, you know, here's a story, beginning, middle, end. It's kind of like jumps all over the place. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I I mean, I can't tell you 
whether or not that uh, whether or not your structure works. But mm -hmm. I can't because I haven't seen it. But mm -hmm. I can say that I can say that if you've got something that is good and unique, great. Okay. Um, when when you when you're going to pitch and they ask you what other ideas do you have? Yes. Is it important to have like fully formed like here's my here's my treatment for these other things or is it good to just have like a verbal pitch? Uh both. When when I first started pitching, I actually didn't understand that you should have other ideas prepared. And so the very first meeting I had where they're like, "Oh, that's funny, but maybe that's not for us. What else you got?" I was not prepared. Uh, mm -hmm. I later learned to be prepared. And what I found works the very best is if you have ideas at the ready, and then if they if something interests them and they want to go deeper, then if you have full pitches for those things, that is very helpful. I was in a meeting actually just recently where I casually, the, I, I call it, uh, uh, people call it a soft pitch, um, mm -hmm. or at least that's what I refer to it as, where you're pitching something very conversationally, not not specifically like a pitch, but you're saying, oh, I have this idea and X, Y, and Z are part of this idea. And then in that meeting, they were like, hey, that sounds cool. Do you have any more information about that? And I was like, sure. And I actually had stuff ready to go. So I feel like the strongest way to do that is to have your basic ideas and have a version of them that you can soft pitch. And if somebody likes something, then if you do have material prepared to go deeper, that's great. Okay. They'll be very happy. Okay. Um, I know you're into animation. Um, and so when you're pitching, if you're pitching, which I assume you've pitched cartoons. Uh, yes, I've pitched cartoons. Is there a difference? Haven't had, in, haven't had any bought yet. <laughs> Is there, a, how do you approach that um, differently than live action or do you do it the same? Um. For me, I would say that I would approach it very differently, uh, especially because every pitch is a little bit different depending on the show. I like all my pitches to have a personality based on whatever the actual show is or the actual project is. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm not a uh, seasoned animated guy, though. So I, I think that you'd probably be better served by talking to somebody who specifically does animated shows. Um, however, I will say that when I did pitch something that was animated, there, there were a lot more uh, visual elements to the pitch. Although, mm -hmm. I mean, with pitches for other shows, there are visual elements. But when I pitched something animated, it was a lot of characters. Uh, there, were, there were actually uh, animatics. Uh, because I always say that if you can pitch with any moving image, video, anything, that's great. And so there are animatics involved for the animated pitch, which really helped. Okay. Yeah, because I can see how like being able, being able to verbally describe it, and then just say, "Well, look at this," is is um is different. Um, yeah, I mean, w with absolutely every pitch that you're ever going to see, if you've got if you've got uh, 
a, a a sizzle reel or a trailer or anything, like you're gonna do way better than if you don't. It doesn't matter if it's animated or anything. Just like as long as you've got video to back it up, uh, you're in a much better place. Yeah, that's hard right now. <laughs> just I mean, with the you know all of this <laughs> uh, coronavirus, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, everything. Um, Although, if you if in coronavirus animation is the thing to be doing, because you can yeah. you can do that in a room by yourself. Yeah, that's true. Like I have, um, I had an idea for a spec script because I don't think it'd actually be made um, for like a Steven Universe um, Rick and Morty crossover. And I don't think it actually, it, it, it couldn't actually get made, but I feel like if I could just write it and send it, you know, it might be one of those things where like, oh, this is good. How about you? So how, how um, what's the importance of spec scripts like these days? Because I heard like it's not as as um, easy to just send in an uh, episode of a show you like. I mean, spec scripts, what they do more than anything is show somebody that you're capable of telling a story that you're capable of writing. And mm -hmm. so a spec script shows your, shows your style, your ability to, to uh, write characters. It, it shows your ability to tell a story. So a spec script, uh, people can get hired for jobs off of spec scripts because they basically show someone that you know what you're doing writing wise. So that's why a spec script is good. A lot of people when they're working on spec scripts want their, want, want uh, something that is um, engaging engaging and maybe even completely unproducible some spec scripts have been like <laughs> uh, there's a spec script that was going around I think it was like a Seinfeld spec script that happened like in a zombie apocalypse or something like that like some but but that type of thing is something that people will enjoy reading and if they enjoy reading it then they they might possibly reach out to the writer for other things. Yeah, that's good. So I thought, um, what else am I doing? I yeah, it took me a long. It took me a long time to make to write this pilot script. Uh huh. And I know, like, if you actually do get a job, you have way less time <laughs> to write like episode to episode. Definitely. So, have any tips on how to write efficiently? How to write efficiently? Yeah, like in terms of time. Um, well, for me, uh, the way I write, like if I have to write for someone and I have to write something that is uh, on a deadline, mm -hmm. I structure my writing quite a bit uh, because the thing about writing is uh, you want to get out your first draft as quickly as possible because once you have your first draft, draft, it's easier to look at that and then edit that down into something else. And so what I do is I structure things like I, I will um, write an outline for what I want to write and then I'll just force myself to just move forward and write those bits and pieces in the outline. Usually what I'll do, like if I have to finish something fast, I'll start with uh, a, just a paragraph describing the story. Then from that paragraph, I'll write like a page, a synopsis of the story. And then from that page, I'll write like an 
a step outline, which can be, you know, several pages, depending on what you're writing. Like if it's a, if it's a sitcom, it might be a few pages. If it's a film, it might be 30 pages, but I'll write in a step outline, which basically everything that happens in the story. And then from there, I'll go back and I'll write a script and then writing the script is much easier when you know exactly what's supposed to happen uh, in every segment of the story or sequence, depending on like how you might refer to those things. And then uh, that makes the script writing easier. And then I can just push out that script. And then once I push out that script, the first uh, draft of it, then I can go back and fix that, fix that script and then do rewrites. So that's, I mean, that's how I personally do it. I can't say that that is the way that everybody does it, but it definitely works for me if I'm on a deadline. No, it sounds good. Like structure is something I need to force on myself, which sounds weird, <laughs> but I have my consent, so it's fine. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, it's, it, it, it does it does sound like because that that was another thing that was bothering me it's like oh you it took me a long time but i figure like once you do it it gets easier each time hopefully oh i mean yeah practice makes repetition makes everything easier now when you um when you're when you're writing uh when you're writing a script you obviously have an idea for like the time length um if your script comes under that time length, I've been thinking about this, like, because my, my script is 52 pages and I want it to be an hour. Um, and I'm not sure if it's going to be, you know, and this is so far down the road. You want it, you want it to be an hour? Yeah. But and this if, is... if it was, if it was, um, if it was network TV, I think that'd be fine because of commercials. But if right. it's, a streaming service, then it would have to be a little longer. But I feel like I got everything in. So I don't want to pad it because like, I know I can tell when a show is padding. is <laughs> like padding the episode for time. So kind of I mean, like... However, if you're going to present that script to somebody and it's supposed to be an hour, you should turn in a script that's an hour. Okay. I mean, you don't... You don't want to show someone that you can't write an hour script because that's what you're basically saying. Hey, this is supposed to be an hour, but I can't do it. So mm -hmm. you don't want to do that. You want to show them an hour script. Um, and and I also think that have you have you spent a lot of time uh, studying scripts from shows similar to yours, or maybe yeah. in the same genre? Yes, I've been re yeah I've been reading a lot of scripts. Uh, and, the, my, and the length of those scripts is longer than yours? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, you're... Yeah, you're right. Most of them are... Some of them are... Like, I read a, a West... I think the pilot for the West Wing was, like... Uh, like, 90 pages or something like that. But I think it had a lot of... I think it was, like, the final script, so it had a lot of notes in it and stuff. Like, it wasn't, like, the, the first script. I think it was, like the shooting script. So I think it had like a lot of other stuff in it. Well, the West Wing, I, I know I know for a fact that the West Wing scripts are different than regular scripts because uh, that's Aaron Sorkin, right? And yeah. he writes such rapid fire dialogue that his scripts are way longer than other scripts. Mm -hmm. So that's just something that was stylistic for the show. Yeah, and I, I love that style. Like I, I read, um, 
I read The West Wing. I read Scandal because Shonda is kind of that same, that same like type of you know, rapid fire monologues, and I love that. Like I and I'm, I think I'm good at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It does it does go longer. But then um, I'm always like second guessing myself. That's a that's a problem. Yeah, I think everybody does that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I read. Um, what else did I read? Uh, Fringe. That's what I think. I read the Fringe um, pilot, and he writes. I think it's J.J. Abrams. He writes like he's yelling at you. Like his scripts are almost in all caps, and it's hilarious. It's almost more fun to read his scripts than to watch. I mean, the show is good, but his just his scripts are real. Like ah, pow, bam, zoom, like a comic book. Uh huh. And, and um, I know there's a question coming. Um, <laughs> So, and I, I know, like you said, like, you know, stylistic choices are different, but I just want to know, like, what's the easiest thing for somebody to read? Because I know that these people don't have a lot of time. So what's the easiest thing for someone to read? Something really detailed or something that's just like that? Um, when you say like that, you mean like uh, just fast paced? Yeah. Breezy, maybe might be a mm-hmm. good word. Um <laughs> It, easy, easy. It doesn't. I mean, it, it really is. Is it good? Is it engaging? The easiest thing for someone to read is something that's entertaining. So, you, you, I, uh, I mean, I, I, I know that the tendency might be to think, oh, there's a special formula to getting people to read stuff. Like if I just do enough of the uh, enough of these particular things then I'm going to unlock the magic script that's going to suck people in and force them to read it. That's not the case. It's all about just doing something that works, doing something that works, doing something that is actually entertaining, doing something that's actually engaging. There's no special formula. It's You can't, I mean, there are those out there who, who will say to you, oh yeah, you need to write, superhero romantic comedies that's what everybody's looking for people Mm -hmm. will say that people will say that and sometimes people will say that is what they're looking for but i but don't trust it because good stories uh are uh, good stories above everything really i mean the superhero romantic comedy genre will be hot when people say it's hot but if it's not a good story that's that's still not gonna work yeah, that's true. I um, <laughs> yeah, because that yeah, it's it's exactly like you said. You know, people yeah, like they don't know what they want until they see it. Basically, I mean, some people know what they want. I mean, mm-hmm. there are there there are, for instance, like companies, uh, for instance, who make genre films and they know they want horror. Like Blumhouse wants horror, mm-hmm. so go to Blumhouse with a horror script. I mean, I would I would probably not suggest uh, putting a superhero romantic comedy at a at uh, Blumhouse Pictures, but I uh, <laughs> but whatever it is that you're going to write, I would just focus on delivering a great story and an engaging story, no matter what. I, that is above and beyond genre above and beyond being a detailed script or being a breezy script. It's just, you have to write in a style that works for the story that you're telling. 
Now, does that go for, and like when you said, like, the structure isn't as important as it being good. Does that go for your pitch materials as well? Because um, I've read your... a lot. I've le- I've read a lot of stuff about uh, treatment structure, and it's like you gotta have this, 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 and this. But then when I go and look at treatments that got of shows that got made, they're not at all this, 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 and this. No, I I really think that the the pitches that most people respond to mm-hmm. are the kind that are in the personality of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just depends on how you want to on how you want to get your message across. Like I I do know like I've written a lot of pitch decks and I do know like what is supposed to go in each pitch deck. However, depending on the project, the pitch deck changes for me because uh you know, the pitch deck might be funny or might have a lot of uh, interesting visuals if it's a show that is funny and has interesting visuals. The pitch deck might be dark and morose if that's what the show is like it it, there's all different kinds of ways to do something and so it really is what gets your message across solidly and i i i feel like if i were going to pitch something and i really believed in my heart that uh slapping someone in the face would get the point across I'd probably do that as part of the pitch because if that is the best way, what? I said I one hundred percent believe that about you. Yeah, but if that's the best way, if that's the best way to tell the story, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find the best way to tell the story just to to sell people on that idea. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I believe you'd slap somebody, even if it wasn't necessary. Um, maybe I have slapped some people when it was necessary. That's possibly true. <laughs> so get your point across. Yeah. So, but of course there's lines like, um, <laughs> like my, uh, my show, my main character, she's has a history of alcoholism. So it wouldn't be due to show up to the pitch meeting drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know, like they say, like passion. I'm a passionate person, so I think that, okay. that that part's easy for me. Like they they say, like you have to really believe in what you're selling. You know, if you're if you're excited about it, the other person will be excited about it. Um, is there a line to that though, or is it just like go out, go all out? Because you know, this is your this is your chance. Is is there a line to being passionate? Yeah. How do you mean? When you're pitching, you know, it's like you said, like, you will do what you have to do to get the point across of your show. Um, to make the impression in the pitch meeting. Right. I mean, and so, I mean, you have to know who you're pitching to, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, like, some people may respond very well to theatrics and some may not. So yeah. you got to know your audience. Yeah. So, I mean, is there a line? It depends on who you're pitching to. Read the room. Definitely read the room. <laughs> yeah, it's um so you 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 do stand up. Like how much of that do comes into your right like how have you integrated that into your writing and and even your pitching because you obviously know how to deal with people. 
Now, since we since we mentioned reading the room, like how do you mm-hmm. use your stand up um, strengths when you're pitching shows? Uh, well, I mean, especially if I'm pitching something funny, I tell a lot of jokes when I'm pitching. I'll have <laughs> I'll have tons of jokes to tell and and make people laugh uh, quite a bit. So I guess stand up comes in that way, uh, where also it's also it's a lot of. Um, it's a lot of with stand-up comedy. There's a lot of uh, false confidence in stand-up comedy, <laughs> and having false confidence sometimes helps with the pitch. I mean, it, at some point, that false confidence becomes real confidence because what is actually the difference? How you feel inside? There's yeah. plenty of people who appear confident who may not actually be super confident inside, and that might be everybody. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would say that the biggest benefit I've had from stand-up in just the game of pitching is the ability to tell jokes, make people laugh, and just be confident and fun during a pitch, which is super helpful. Okay, all right, that's good. Now this this is this is all really good stuff. <laughs> um, let's see what else. Just, I mean, just if you have a, do you have a story about like a pitch that was really fun or like a, a shoot or, you know, just something that was like, we're like, this is really fun. Like, even if it didn't get made, like, I'm glad I had that experience. Um, I mean, I actually enjoy pitching to people because the one thing that um, people forget about pitches is that everybody at the pitch meeting wants you to be good. They want the idea to be good. Mm-hmm. And they are also normal people, just like you're a normal per- normal person. They're normal people. I think a lot of people will go into a pitch meeting and they'll look at the people they're pitching, not like people, but they are looking at them like a corporation to be feared, or mm-hmm. they're thinking, that uh, these people know all the in- ins and outs of Hollywood and I, and I ha- know nothing. And, and they approach it from a position of weakness. And I think that when you go into a pitch and you're approaching it from a position of, oh, we are just people who just want to have fun. So like if you're, it's, it's like being, it's like entertaining people at a party. When you're at a party and things are going well and you're not feeling uh, anxious because of the crowd and you just start up a conversation with somebody who you know is already going to be friendly toward you because you're at a party for some person that you for a friend that you have in common uh, and you can just start a casual conversation uh, with very little uh, risk mm-hmm. that's what the best version of pitching always feels like is just having fun with the people that you're pitching with if you can get over that hump where people feel like feel like they are uh under immense scrutiny and get to the part where it's just people having fun that's when pitches are always best and so whenever i have a meeting and when i can get to that point where we're just having fun talking about stuff those are the best pitches always yeah you know there's no hecklers in a pitch meeting (laughs) Not usually. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure it could happen, but not usually. 
that made them worse. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So everybody just wants that. Everybody wants you to succeed. Right. Yeah, they do because they. It would be great for them to turn around and have a great show. Mm-hmm. That makes them a hero at their company if they get good material. So if you have a good show, you're actually giving people a gift. Hmm. That's a good way to look at it. I get, I can do that arrogance thing. I mean, it's not arrogance. Yeah. It's not arrogance. It's just confidence. Just Well, it is be confident in your idea because if your idea is good, then give it its due. Like be, be confident in your good idea. Mm-hmm. And um, how how willing should you be to turn down an offer that's not what you want? How willing should you be? To, you can answer that question yourself. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> uh, it, it's yeah. I kind of <laughs> know, but it's I go back and forth on it. You know, sometimes it's like, I just want to get in the door. And sometimes it's like, no, hold to your principles. And I go back and forth. The parts be like, no, sell out. And I say, no, principles. <laughs> I mean, have you, is that something that you had to do? No, um, not yet. But I think, I do think about it a lot. Because I really, I really am like emotionally invested in this project. Right. Um, I've had it. It's, it's basically my life story. Um, a degree removed, but everything, almost everything that's happened to it has happened to me in a, in a, a sense. So I'm really like, you know, people say this is my baby, like this is my baby. So, but I do want to get in the door. So I, I, I just go back and forth between that. But yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. You can't answer that for somebody else. Right. So I think that, I think that um, now, I'm not one to rush into deals that I think are crappy. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I don't like to do that ever. But mm-hmm. that being said, most of the time, no deal is going to be perfect. No, yeah, yeah. Will there be concessions? Probably. But uh, but if a deal is straight up shit, I'm not. No, I I would never. I would never advise to take that, nor would I take it personally. Yeah, no, I, I don't have any illusions about, um, you know, I'm just going to walk in and get 100% creative control or anything like that. Like, I, I mean, I that would be nice, but it's probably not going to happen. Sweet. <laughs> okay, so but, you uh, have time for one more question, if you have one. Um, no, I think that's all of them. I think that's all, all right. of them. You answer things pretty amazing. Well, no problem. Uh, uh, thanks for being on the show um, I do have to wrap up by saying anybody out there who wants to be on the show uh, you can reach out to us we are at uh, Arts Academy Podcast on all social media also artsacademypodcast.com so you can uh, find out uh, how you can get on this very same show and ask whatever question you want thanks a lot I'm Victor Vernado bye bye 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.